been a while since Roddy done an intro, so Roddy, let's see. Wait, which episode is this? This is 63, okay. Yeah, this is 63. All right, welcome back to Everything About Anything, episode 63. And today we're now back with the three hosts all on board. And today we're going to talk about should monarchs still exist? But before that, we have a what's happening session. We do have that right for this time. Uh, yes. Okay, then. Well, apparently longer than usual for obvious reasons, but let's just kick it off. So what's happening? A magnitude 6.6 earthquake hits Sichuan, leaving at least 88 people dead and more than 400 injured. The authority has evacuated more than 10,000 residents, but continuous heavy downfall hardens rescue efforts. A mass stabbing incident in Canada leaves 10 people dead and 18 people injured. The two suspects were quickly identified as brothers and were soon charged with first-degree murder. One of the suspects is Miles Sanderson, whom police had been searching for since May when he stopped meeting his caseworker. He had been given statutory release after serving a five-year sentence for assault, robbery, mischief, and making threats. According to the Parole Board of Canada, Miles had 59 previous convictions, which include assaulting a police officer. He committed suicide soon after the murder. Brother Miles Brandon Sanderson was arrested but died after medical distress in police custody. The United Nations Secretary General arrives in Pakistan and calls for international help amid the ongoing floods in the country. According to the government, more than 33 million people have been displaced and almost 1,400 people are dead due to the unprecedented weather conditions. NASA calls off the second attempt of Artemis 1 launch to deal with liquid hydrogen leakage. The program operators deem the next launch window is no earlier than September 23rd, as the team now works to fix the issue. A malaria vaccine with great potential is developed by a team of scientists in Oxford. Last year, the World Health Organization gave the historic go-ahead for the first ever malaria vaccine developed by a pharmaceutical giant GSK to be used in Africa. However, the Oxford team claim their approach is more effective and can be manufactured on a far greater scale. Trial results in Burkina Faso shows three initial doses followed by a booster a year later gives up to 80% protection. The world's largest vaccine manufacturer, the Serum Institute of India, is already lined up to take up to more than 100 million doses a year. Liz Truss becomes the 56th British Prime Minister. Upon beating fellow Conservatives' leadership rival Rishi Sunak, the third ever female Premier in British history soon took action to revamp the cabinet. Various previous ministers who backed Sunak during the leadership race were rapidly replaced. As of now, Theresa Coffey is the Secretary of State for Health and Social Care of the United Kingdom as well as the new Deputy Prime Minister. 
Trust's new government faces an enormous challenge as the nation and indeed the world is in hot water. Inflation and the cost of living crisis continue to loom over the economy, and the new premier's policies, which include tax cuts and energy bill freezings, are yet to be observed and monitored. Just one day after Truss become became the fifteenth prime minister ever, served the late Queen Elizabeth II. Buckingham Palace announced on September the eighth, twenty twenty-two, that the longest reigning monarch in British history had passed away, aged ninety-six. The statement reads: "The Queen died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. The King and the Queen Consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow." The shocking news came after doctors put the late Queen under medical supervision. As members of the royal family rushed to the Queen's private estate in Scotland, where she had just met the outgoing Prime Minister and invited Truss to form a government in her name, the BBC intercepted all regular programs for the emergency broadcast. More than seventy years on the throne, Queen Elizabeth II now rests in peace. Just one year after her husband Prince Philip's death. All British and Commonwealth population under the age of seventy had only known her as the monarch. Throughout her seventy-year reign, the Queen established herself as the figurehead that earns the people's respect and love, and not just the United Kingdom, but also the Commonwealth and beyond. A rainbow could be seen in the sky over Windsor Castle as the Union Jack was lowered after the announcement of the Queen's death. Morning crowds gather outside Buckingham Palace as well as Balmoral, while London blackcaps line up silently on the Mall to pay tribute. Ceremonial gun salutes were set off around England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, and many other Commonwealth nations. Operation London Bridge is now therefore underway, outlining the plan for the Queen's official mourning, her state funeral, and so on. Created as early as the 1960s and revised at least yearly ever since, some critical decisions relating to the plan were made by the Queen herself, while some were left to be to be determined by her successor. His Majesty's Privy Council has held an ascension council just as we speak. It is usually convened within 24 hours of the death of a sovereign. And is customarily held at St James's Palace to make a formal proclamation of the death of the monarch and accession of the successor to the throne. As world leaders and influencers around the globe continue to react to the sudden loss, here are some extracts of remarks and statements. His Majesty King Charles III said in his statement. We mourn profoundly the passing of a cherished sovereign and a much-loved mother. I know her loss will be deeply felt throughout the country, the realms, and the Commonwealth, and by countless people around the world. Current Prime Minister Liz Truss said, "Queen Elizabeth II was the rock on which modern Britain was built. It is a day of great loss, but Queen Elizabeth II leaves a great legacy." God save the king. The leader of the opposition, Labour Party leader Keir Starmer, said, 
Queen Elizabeth II created a special personal relationship with us all, a relationship based on service and devotion to her country. Former Prime Minister Boris Johnson writes, "This is our country's saddest day. In the hearts of every one of us, there is an ache at the passing of our Queen, a deep and personal sense of loss, far more intense, perhaps, than we expected." He later added during his speech in the House of Commons that she showed the world not just how to reign over a people; she showed the world how to give, how to love, and how to serve. It was that indomitability, that humor, that work ethic, that sense of history, which together made her Elizabeth the Great. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said in his statement, "Her Majesty's reign spanned so many decades, a period when we came into our own as a confident, diverse, and forward-looking country. It is her wisdom, compassion, and warmth that we will always remember and cherish." Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese states, "Today marks the end of an era." The close of the second Elizabethan age. This time of mourning will pass, but the deep respect and warm regard in which Australians will always held Her Majesty will never fade. May she rest in eternal peace. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres states, "I am deeply saddened at the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II." Admired worldwide for her leadership and devotion, her unwavering lifelong dedication will be long remembered. U.S. President Joe Biden's joint statement with First Lady Joe Biden reads: "Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II was more than a monarch; she defined an era, and that Queen Elizabeth II was a stateswoman of unmatched dignity and constancy, and constancy who." Who deepened the bedrock alliance between the United Kingdom and the United States? She helped make our relationship special. Former U.S. President Barack Obama and his wife Michelle Obama said in a joint statement during World War II, she became the first ever female royal to serve on active military duty. And through the periods of prosperity and stagnation, from moon landing to the fall of the Berlin Wall, to the dawn of digital age, she served as the beacon of hope and stability for the people of the United Kingdom and the world. Chinese President Xi Jinping's statement reads: Xi Jinping, representing the Chinese government and the Chinese people, as well as in his own name, expresses deep condolences, condolences, and that her passing is a great loss to the British people. French President Emmanuel Macron tweeted: Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II embodied the British nation's continuity and unity for over seventy years. I remember her as a friend of France, a kind-hearted queen who has left a lasting impression on her country and her century. The following are our our the anchor's short personal remarks. Whether you are a monarchist or not, whether you are British or not, there is no denying that her influence was far-reaching, and her achievement was unprecedented. As the power, privilege, 
responsibility and duty of the crown are now passed on. So is the legacy of the longest reigning monarch in British history. While we mourn the late queen with overwhelming grief, we also look ahead to a new era with hope and confidence. We shall remember to hold on to our faith in the crown as it descends on King Charles III. Rest in peace, Queen, and God save the King. And Evans, if you have one. Okay, then Roddy, do you have one? Well, I would say that the Brits are now into a new era, both with the new Prime Minister and the new King. With It's interesting how the last photo of Elizabeth II taken was with Liz Truss. It's like she handling the era onto a new one. And King Charles III, has he proclaimed his right to crown? Or is he... The crown immediately and automatically passes upon as he proclaimed a, monarch, a sovereign's death. But as the ascension, as the accession council has just ended, um, King Charles III has already been proclaimed okay, officially so as the king. Okay. Yes. Well, it's going to be difficult for the Brits for a, a while now because you know things are going in a big change, but. Yep, let's see how, how things will roll out with the new premier and the new king. God save the king. All right, then. Um, I've also heard that Evan has prepared some form of chess news for us. I don't chess know, news, but I don't maybe this that, can lighten up so the mood. Basically, there's an American guy who... Last time, like, beat Magnus once and then, like, got cocky and got destroyed. And then, in this tournament, like, he beat Magnus and then Magnus quit the tournament. He just withdrew. And then he said that he cannot say anything because if he says something, he'll be in trouble or something. And then he does not provide any explanations and it's the first time. He has ever withdrew from a tournament. Like, people don't do this. And everybody starts accusing the person who beats Magnus of cheating. And then he got banned by chess.com. And then, yeah, it's just chaos. To be honest, that doesn't feel like news. Basically, basically like this it. guy got accused of cheating. I was actually was. looking for some form of like scripted no, paragraph or something. <laughs> well, wait, am I? Well, it's not like what I wrote wasn't like the best worded anyway. But oh well. All right, so two make our episode relevant and since this is indeed a relevant topic today we're talking about should monarchies still exist so to be fair there are many around yeah in today's but world. if you look at the one in thailand that's what you call you don't want that exists like He's got his, well, that's he's got his hands. That's so a more absolute monarch. Yeah, but if you look at to be fair, if you look at the there's also like Saudi Arabia and some Middle Eastern countries. 
Yeah, but monarchs today are usually just there for constitutional monarch. I mean, the monarchs and constitutional I mean, monarchy are basically just useless. Not useless. They symbolize <laughs> Which the means, country. That's but but they don't the do any work. Their country, which they don't do anything. Country, but you got it. But you got it. Like their work to represent their is country. doing nothing. And to be fair, that's not an easy work. If you think about it, you always have to smile. You have to greet the public. Everyone expects you to be the symbol, to be the leader. Yeah, your work. Yes, your you work to, to be the king and the queen. The monarch is to be representing the country in the nicest way. So if you look at Thailand, that's why they got effed up in their civilization. You're not. You're not entitled to declare any position. You're not allowed to hold any form of opinion, especially politically, because people expect you to be just neutral, and that's very difficult if you're a human being. Like, when's the last time you've heard someone who is completely neutral in terms of you know like political wise? Like, it's not really possible if you think about it. But that is the form of standard we expect from the royal family, even though arguably they don't actually. You know what I'm talking about, but. Well, all I know、yes. is that King Charles III has been working as a pilot or of some sort before. Your job、around. as a prince, like he's outlived your no mom. Job, aside from that, not outlive your mom. Like King Charles III got the crown at the age of seventy as of now. So let's just see how long can he be the king of the. The king is the oldest person in British history to ascend the crown. Yeah, to ascend the throne, apparently. So, well, let's just say that he's been waiting for his entire life. Well, at least he got it before he went away. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't Wouldn't it be weird if you're so healthy and so long living、you're, that you outlive your own? You managed to outlive your own son. That is kind of. Yeah, she's she's very close to that. To be honest, if you think about it, if King Charles III died of disease, Elizabeth II would actually outlive outlive her own son. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it could be actually possible, but that didn't happen. And unfortunately, well, let's see how long can he hold onto the crown. The queen, as we all know, it is gone. But when you when when we think about like monarchies, like the biggest reasons for People to be against monarchies is basically their power, their absolute power, and they're useless and eating up the government's money. Yes, but that is. Oh yes, and that. In a sense, it 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 does like it does make sense to an extent, but in reality, the royal family actually brings the nation more money.、Uh, yes. Than the money they actually spend because of tourism. Oh, because like, people come. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. About, about everything about the, the monarch and stuff. Yes, like the represent representation of a country. That's what the head of state is for. Yes, the problem people are、um, people could be against monarchies. They're mostly like two reasons, but like so like first one is basically against 
a dictatorship. Yeah, the power. But that has nothing to do with whether a monarch exists. To be honest, because if you look at, say, North Korea, they've got no king or queen, but they've got a dictator. So people just hate absolute power. The position was never hereditary, but the extremism of power and the concentration of power is still high. So monarchs could have something to do it in the past, but in terms of, you know, like in the modern world, got the powers peeled off them entirely. Well, not entirely. Of course, there are places like. Thailand, when where yeah, if you say something bad, you'll get arrested for, you know, like disrespecting the monarch and stuff. And there are places like Cambodia and the Vatican City where the monarch is elected, not hereditary, but still holds absolute power. Like the Pope inside the Vatican City can. Like execute you for no reason at all, and he can get away with it because he's the king of Vatican City is also the Pope. So, yeah, yeah. In case you don't know, there's actually a king of the Vatican City, but that is the the Pope. But there, you also get some places like Saudi Arabia, where they're trying to do some reform and trying to hold like elections and stuff, but in reality. The royal families of theirs and the monarch in general holds a lot more power compared to, you know, like the British monarch, for example. Yeah, so people just hate monarchs and they're too tainted. Like if, if we put it this way, like just look at Elizabeth II. She wasn't actually too tainted into politics or anything. So people like, oh, she's good because she represents the country without. Getting too much of her hands on the politics, but if we look people at people, actually like her. Yeah, because she she does a good job she representing the country. She has a good public image because she's yes. nice and she's, you know, just very representative. But if we look at yes, humorous, but if we look at like, Thailand, oh my God, people just know the king <laughs> for his atrocities. Like he's got absolute power. Like if you say something bad about him, you'll be executed in in like a day or two. It's just like、oh, well, maybe、fine. not executed, but you you、yeah, definitely but- get into trouble. Like so many foreigners, like say something randomly about the the time you get into trouble on the internet, and then they travel to Thailand, say like three years later, and for some unknown reason they're arrested, and then it turns out oh because three years ago you said this on the internet, and that, and then the Thai police found out, so now we're gonna arrest you for you know abusing. <laughs> Yeah, that's just the king, the monarch being too abusive towards power. Like they see themselves as they're like the true ruler of the country, and they use the power as they would. So, unlike King Elizabeth the Second,、uh, Queen Elizabeth the Second, the king of Thailand is just getting his getting his way all the way, man. Like people remember Thailand for his atrocities and all of that. Like the other argument against the monarch is. Against monarchies in general, is that、um, people think? Well, these people think the anti-monarchist believes that it is not fair to,、um, you know, hereditary the, crown. Yes, hereditary.、Um, so, like the, their problem is that they feel 
un you know unfair when it is possible for someone to just be born good. You're born an elevated position. You're born into a you know a a a, a apparently higher class. You know above the people. Well, good, good man. It's RNG. Unlike anyone, it's just RNG, man. Like it's. It's just what it's just what just house you born in. You could be born in a house with with parents who work nine to five. You could be born in a house of monarchs who would know. It's just RNG. You can't blame that. Like it's been it's been the tradition for so many years. It's just impossible to hate it for that reason. I mean, yeah, I, sure, it's kind of unfair to see somebody who can drive a Bugatti all around just because they're born in the family. But come on, let's just live with it. You can't really blame them for being born in the family just because. It's fate. Come on. It's just what house God. It's what's ha- what house God decided to put you in. There's really no blaming for them being in that position. <laughs> I like your interpretation. It's just RNG. Yeah, but nice argument from the anti-anarchists uh, and the, from the anti-monarchists. Nice argument, but no. Well, my position is that I don't find any reason to like. Be anti-monarch, like at least when we're. If the context here is the British monarch, I I I simply find no reasons against it. Like, like first thing first, like I don't believe there's gonna be true equality. Like it it it's not about being communist or socialist or whatever. And it's it's nothing about that. It's just that as a stable society. If you want stability, there's bound to be class. There is there are bound to be some form of equal uh, inequality issues. That's just how civilizations work since the dawn of mankind. That like there's always some form of superiority and in you know an inferior group or whatever. Like it could be wealth, it could be political power, it could be like there is too many factors and. Like I'm not talking about we shouldn't be trying to help those in need or socialism is bad, bad and stuff like that. Or I'm not even saying that communism, the the core ideology and the you know the fancy picture of everyone being also equal and stuff is not right. What I'm saying is that it's. Too much of a fantasy. It's just not possible. But what's the point of keeping a monarch? And the context of when, if we're really talking about the British monarch, my argument would be that the basis of you know constitutional monarchy and parliamentary supremacy is constructed on the basis. That there is a hereditary monarch that can make the final call, because every bill that gets passed into the law, there has to be a royal assent. Britain themselves try to abolish the entire rule of the monarch can dis- can dissolve the parliament anytime they want, but by convention, it's you know. On the advice of the prime minister, they try to abolish the rule, but the two major parties, i.e., the centre-right Conservatives and the centre-left Labours, they've all later agreed. Actually, this year, 
to reinstate their royal prerogative, that to ensure the stability of parliamentary politics, you actually do need a monarch with this parliament dissolvement power. That is actually, like, I find it, you know, like impressive, but I don't find it surprising. They got taught because that's just they got taught. That's just how exactly like the those in favor of a republic ever since the concept of a republic is born is based on the fact that they want the basis of rule to be on law instead of a person but if you want to completely ne- neglect or you know like if you actually don't want to consider any form of like human or individual a monarch or whatever in decision making you're bound you're bound to just words written down declared as laws and rules constitutions the problem is interpretation look at the united states that's not what you call stable at all you need like even the, the even the UN, united states constitution itself makes no mention of the supreme um, the supreme court's power to interpret the the constitution or to explain the constitution the supreme court had to give itself the power they made an explanation saying oh i think the constitution is saying that the supreme court should have the power to explain the constitution now here we have a what comes first and whether that is you know legit but here we are hundreds of years later now, would you look at the United States today and call the presidential republic a stable state? No. In my opinion, oh well, it, of course, it may be better than, I don't know, Afghanistan. But in terms of political stability not stable and you know, political discord, compare it to a simple country like Britain. You simply just can tell the parliamentary system is just superior to whatever whatever presidential system someone invented. Other countries in favor of a parliamentary system but do not have a monarch, they elect a president. But what's the whole point if the same people that elected the parliament elects the president? That that makes like, and then what's the whole point? That like, wh- why would you need like, you know, like in Britain it's called royal assent, like in, um, like in in Germany I don't know what's called, but like, did you have like the president has to sign it into law? What's the point if the, if they're elected by the same group group of people? The whole basis of parliamentary politics is because there is a hereditary monarch, and that's why it is important. That's just the political side, but the, my second argument is that the British history itself and its influence, like at least the twentieth century, that itself has the, like look at the Commonwealth, 
of nations and Commonwealth of Re and Commonwealth realms. There are different things. There are fifteen Commonwealth realms. These are the ones who still recognize the British monarch as the head of state of their nation, but they each have independent functioning and operating par uh, parliaments. Mostly, they have a prime minister. But if you look at something like the Australian Constitution, there is an Australian Constitution. But would you be surprised if I tell you that the Australian Prime Minister? That like the concept of prime minister is nowhere mentioned in the Australian constitution. This whole thing is this whole thing is just, but this whole thing is convention. I, I'm not sure about Canada. I haven't looked into it. But my point is, when you have a stable, a hereditary monarch, uh, there will be election have, problems that way. Like if you yes, but it doesn't mean that the people don't cannot do any form of election, right? Like they still like, like you, people. You don't look at you don't look at Britain and say, oh, you still have a monarch. You're not a true democracy. You don't yeah, say they got that. the MPs and stuff. Like you, the people still got rights. Yes, to, to like their own people for their own rights. It, exactly. So and by convention, the monarch does act upon the advice of the prime minister. It, the difference is that the monarch does hold the power, does preserve the power, to not listen to the advice of the prime minister. The monarch has the constitutional power to just declare war on the country. Doesn't necessarily have to listen to the prime minister. It's just that by convention, the monarch is now a de not necessarily defunct, because the defunct would mean that. The monarch has absolutely no power. By pre by preserving certain powers to a hereditary monarch, you're ensuring stability and a safeguard, because the last call is not determined upon interpretation of text and written stuff that is never accurate and always has second meanings. If you you know try. Very hard. That's what happens with the. That's what's happening in the U.S. all the time. But with a person, not the law, as the final say, as the final decider, that makes the difference. So that's my reasons that why I'm, you know, a pro monarch. I think that's what people are on about. If you look at the different side of it, like people hate monarchs for their powers. So, like you said, if we depend on a person, not laws, it would actually be way more stable in terms of political standings. But I think that is what people are bugging on about. Like they think that if we, instead of relying on laws, if we rely all our stuff and like everything on a person, maybe that would make the person too overpowered. I think that is what people that. I think that is what people that you know disregard the monarchs think. In their own opinion, that's what I think. They try to look on a different side and try to exaggerate the possible the possibilities of the monarchs messing it up. So, Evan, do you have I mean, any? I don't thoughts? see any like clear cut reason why monarchies should not exist. Like, 
constitutional monarchies specifically because obviously we see reasons why like those Huangdi kind of stuff should not exist, but constitutional monarchies really I don't see the problem at all. Yeah, they've got they've got no problems, but people just think they're too overpowered to have the right to do that to have the whole MPs and stuff relied on one single person. Change. That is what I. I.e., people don't like RNG, but abolishing the monarch. You can't hate on RNG. Abolishing the monarch doesn't do anything, because there are still gonna be rich or poor. No, yeah, that the country of born. Yeah, that's what I think about. Like if you even if you peel off all the monarchies and stuff and make everything into equality again, like you restore everyone into default and everyone's still in a factory, there is still eventually going to be classes like derived from time to time. Like you can't prevent that from happening. It's just RNG, man. Like I, I mean, the yeah, problem about, about like can't really different social classes is not from the monarchy, like. The monarchy does the, the the existence of monarchy does not cause. The monarchy doesn't do anything to influence. It's it. an aspect of the classes and the inequality between classes, but people just hit on monarchies for they what they represent, the class, you know. I mean, but if we peel off the, the monarchy, people can't just imagine monarchies as people who work for the government who get paid. At a medium high price, because think about it, it's actually a difficult job. Like you get monitored like twenty four seven, and you can't do anything. Yes, it's not like yes. Of course, they don't have to worry about not being fed or like nowhere to live. Yes, but if you think about your job, isn't the easiest in the world anyway? There are countless more billionaires and millionaires living way way more comfortable lives than they do. Like, be, like you're the center of attention. Media is always interested in you. Like whether you've married a PR tool, or why you're divorcing the PR tool, and why your mother is trying to force you to not marry someone and stuff like that. Like the media is always interested yeah. in you just because the fact that who you just because I mean, who you are. Just try, just try to compare the monarchs of England to those in Wall Street who just won a capitalist lottery. Just compare. The lives of these two kind of people, you'll realize the ones in Wall Street are actually leading a better life than they do because they're not being chased by media twenty four seven. They got to be monitored by the country I mean, as a whole. It's just to be honest. that, like, like just these people like, get like an extra job choice because obviously they can just kick themselves out of the monarchy and say, "Fuck, I'm done with this." Like. But they have like this well, next choice. But they can you up? Uh, so okay. yeah, you you get, but you you will get like apparently disliked by the entire family. Yeah, you get punked. <clears throat> I'm not definitely not referring to some. <clears throat> definitely not. Oh, definitely. Um, okay. <laughs> she gave up the throne for love. I love that spirit. I just love that spirit. Come on, giving up the crown for love. Damn man. Yeah, what was Evan trying I to say? I mean, it seems fine to me. Like getting paid for a twenty-four-seven job 
like put it in that perspective like they're not they're not not working like they actually like work just they are working 24 7 except for when they're sleeping because their work is to represent but, the country no but when they the sleep they the need country. to sleep in that so they particular place following a bunch of rules and orders and shit yeah so, so when you're sleeping when you're in sleep you're not monitored and you don't have to represent the country but it's not basically your entire life is you know you're revolved around not just like the center of attention but you also you always have this like court courtesies and stuff like like yeah, you what's the you live in like you enter the room in a order like depending on who's present and who you're seeing and you know like how to wear and stuff and like what can what what you can say what you can't and there's always like stuff like there's like the way you speak and then there's a template that and like, it's complicated thing You're- it like people try to picture being a member of a royal family as some something that's easy and then you get fancy titles like prince and princess and stuff then people have to call you your royal highness and stuff like that but no it's not that simple to if you think about it from the moment you're born you're not just the center of attention but you 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 also have to deal with all of the you know formal and polite stuff around say your mother if you're unlucky or <laughs> prince of wales you're the future king or queen and then stuff like that yeah they're in the court they're Not in the center stuff, of court attention of international media at all times except for when they're asleep so people think that they're you know monarchs so they got to wear fancy clothes and they have the right to eat good food every day without worrying ever about running out of those materials and resources but yeah people like that they're exactly the kind of people that the royal the royals and the you know the entire country wants for who to believe that the monarchs are exactly in that condition that living condition they are the ones that got the effect on them right like their life is just so monitored you wouldn't even believe how stressful that is even though they are Never assure resources, never assure the materials, but they are at court attention of media at all times, 24-7. Like, yeah. And then there's also, like, I just take the current king, for example. Like, I, like Princess Diana didn't even, like, un- understand or know um, Charles that much. And then... The back, the, the the back then Prince of Wales was like, I don't even know who you are, and now my entire family is forcing me to marry you. Like, what the fuck? It's basically yeah. like marrying a PR tool. Yeah, forced marriage. And then it's just all. Things. And then and then their marriage is just like effed up, and then like, oh, like the entire thing just doesn't work. And then everyone knows it because there's also there's always like. Oh, by the way, I just realized that I have a coin of Queen Elizabeth II, and it's a memorial coin made when, like, Prince of Wales married Diana. Like, I just realized I have this thing. Well, the marriage is after party. Like, it's... 
That's a cool thing to own, I guess. You gotta keep it for how coin. disastrous the marriage went. You can look at that coin and be like. Well, but now they're trying to replace all the circulating currencies. Well, yeah, it's I mean, there now. So that's I why mean, it's, it's, it's not a currency. It's like a like like this. No, the banknotes and stuff. yeah, the banknotes. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, I know what you mean by the coins, and I know I know what you mean by it's not the real coin. But like speaking of coins. I just thought of that they're actually having to replace all the circulating currency. Yeah, so that's why I said it's gonna be difficult for the Brits for a while since now, because they've got. They're gonna to see a weird transaction period of seeing the previous monarch, the beloved queen, and the and King Charles. And that's also gonna be a problem because transactions between coins and and you know just currencies are no they're worth really no, 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 they're they still worth the same and then they're gonna be in the same size the yeah, same color it's just that so the pictures weird. are different yeah it's just it, it's gonna be oh i got a new one today we have king charles on this instead of and then everything that you know that has the queen on it will get just retrieved well not really if you keep the ones with queens and wait for a few years maybe they'll see well you can't you can't actually keep it like no. there are people who actually like Keep this as a collection because you don't have, you're not obligated to hand them. But back. I mean, you sell it to an antique shop twenty years later. Yeah, you you yeah, you keep it and then wait for the price yeah something like up. that. But I, I I think there are gonna be a lot of people who who's gonna you know think of the like great opportunity, man. Yeah, and like like. I think there are collectors who have the, you know, the, who actually have currencies or banknotes or whatever uh, of you know with the picture of the previous the, the um the Queen Elizabeth the um's father. Really? What was that? George the Sixth. People, people like that George are. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think there are bound to be collectors like that. Somewhere out there, just don't know where. But yeah, it's a cool thing, I guess, to have something like that. Well, they gotta replace everything right now on the coins, like basically everything that's got Elizabeth II on it. So yeah, it's gonna be difficult for the Brits for now, and the Prime Minister's gotta figure out something for that. It's interesting, isn't it? We've managed to find something that all three of us agree on. That we're all. Not anti-monarch. There's really no reason behind anti-monarch. Like, you see so many of those arguments out there. I don't understand. But half of them are invalid. Like, they're all based on. <laughs> they're all based on hating RNG, and you can't hate on RNG. That's <laughs> hating RNG. That's just whether you're lucky or not. A born yeah. in the royal family, and to 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 be fair, born in the royal family is not really that lucky since just forced marriage itself is a big downside. Like, who the hell would want forced marriage? Imagine marrying a woman you've never met in your own life, like just for the first time you see her, you're gonna marry her. I mean, hell, I don't want that. So to be honest, I'll, I'll just I'll just say that there are pros and cons. Okay, I know there are benefits, but there are also downsides too. The benefits are always superficial, all fan, all fancy stuff. The benefits are all superficial. Yeah, so, you can be watched twenty four seven. You got a forced marriage, and the only thing you think you can think of is good is. Fancy clothes, good food, and nice house. 
and probably some yeah. Bad. Like, if I'm being honest, I'm 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 a bit you know like I, I do envy the Brits who can have like a lot of stuff to be printed on their build. Like, like all we have is either. Yeah, this is so long ago. And that's it. <laughs> we only have two people available. Like, if we do, if we still have our emperor, like in Japan, they're still they still have their emperor. Like, we can print our emperor and revamp our currency every time the monarch is dead. Like, wouldn't that be cool and stuff? <laughs> like, at least we have something to print. You have the heritage. You have the culture. We can print, like we can print the president. You, you actually can. How do you print the president? Um. Well, you see, that's kind of lame. Like <laughs> <laughs> my point is, I you know, like after understanding what monarchies and constitutional monarchies and how modern monarchies can be. I actually kind of understand、um, the ones、um, like back in when Qing Dynasty was still around, and when people are arguing whether we should just abolish the entire thing completely and establish a republic, or we we should just go with the Japanese way or or slash the British way to just establish a constitution and hold. The monarch as a figurehead. I actually can't understand why, despite the hardship and you know of that time and the obvious benefits of flipping to a republic, why there. I actually do understand now why there are still, why there are still people who are you know like wants to have an emperor and even it's a full peat. It's a toy weight. Yeah, that guy's just so. It's that guy's just miserable, man. So sad. He's just what you would imagine an emperor would be like. Like getting all the power from when he was small, and then gradually losing all of it, and then became, you know, what was that word? I forgot. Like he got enslaved. He became. Oh, I'm king. In, he got into、oh, jail no, and he I, lost all the power. I got overthrown. Oh yay! I'm king again. Oh no! I got overthrown. Oh yay! The Japanese no, the declare is, me as king. The problem is that he got、oh, no, the throne the when, when got he was old. The problem is that he got the throne when he was a kid, and he didn't want that. Like, and people think that being born in that good of a family is actually RNG God. No, I don't. I don't think that's RNG God, man. That's just being born in a family that's that important to be restricted. I mean, they look good for sure, but down there, I'm not.